This is the chop up, trying to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. Chop Nation, Chop Nation, what's going on? Bringing it back again for y'all for another few segments, more episodes. Holla at us. It's your boy, George Lee, a.k.a. Conscious Lee. Don't forget to leave. You can also find me on georgeleespeaks.com. You know who I'm with. Hey, it's your girl Toya G coming to y'all real smooth. Like, welcome to June. Welcome to Gemini season. If you haven't been welcomed already, these are both my domains and territories. You're welcome. Walk lightly, tread easily. Uh, make yourself comfortable because the Dirty 30 has arrived. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Give us another week and a half, two weeks or so, and we, we about to be out here. I'm finna go crazy, so I'm feeling good. You know what I'm saying? If y'all can't tell already, niggas is out here feeling good. And it's good to be here with y'all. And she said the Dirty 30 was good. It's your boy, the political plug, yeah. Damo. You feel me? Bringing knowledge, of information. Course. Of course. You know how we do. Of course. Of you course. know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. We gonna we gonna we gonna keep this Snapchat real smooth, real easy. Like we gonna slide into it. It's a very simple question I want to ask y'all. I have a bunch of these little random questions. You know, I teach people on a regular basis, so you always need something to break that ice real fast. Uh, reflect for me. What is uh, a tell tell us about a nickname that you have been given at some point in your life? It could be from anybody. It could be you know uh, from your parents, from your homies, from a spouse, from a friend. Uh, and tell us how you got it. You know what I'm saying? Talk to us about a nickname you had and how you got that thing. Well, Man. Dominique, <laughs> talk to us. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, so the so the so the unique part of my position in here is like actually, my whole family has always called me by a nickname. You feel me? Like my name is Dominique, but no bullshit. My whole family has called me Nick my whole life. You feel me? Like my name is Dominique. I just I just can't express enough. That my name is Dominique, but my family has called me Nick my whole life. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. My mama said the first time I went to Kansas City with you, and I heard him call you Nick. It kind of threw me off the first day <laughs> I was there. Yo, it's like my mama says it's because you know it was supposed to be Dominic, and I'm like, then why didn't you just name me Dominic? Yeah. So it was. It's, it's that. You feel me? So yeah. So it's Nick. Gotcha. Like, I got that just because. I guess my name wasn't masculine enough for a regular. You will nickname. always be Slamanique to me. <laughs> Slamo. That's the name I actually hate the most. You know? <laughs> that's, that's the one. No, he don't like. He don't like our favorite name for him. How do you feel about that? Because Slamo. Slamo. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. G Lee makes sense. Why? <laughs> G Lee. What? Man. What's your, what's, uh, what's the I nickname guess. you got, bro? I, I, I got a funny name. one. I, I think if it's the same one that I'm thinking of, I feel like yeah. I, feel, I, yeah, I think yeah. I'm about to say I know. I know that. Uh, I feel like when me and Faith first started talking, she had she gave me a nickname, and you know what I'm saying. I guess it was it was kind of weird. My Fox started kind of liking it. We, we don't we don't she don't call me it no more. But she used to call me Duty. <laughs> Duty. Duty. Really? Which reminds me of my childhood <laughs> nickname growing up. You feel me? And I hated this name. I'm glad I grew out of it. Like, shout out to my family for, for letting me grow out of this name. But they used to call me Pookie. And I, I didn't, I wouldn't. <laughs> so everybody used to call you Pookie? Like, that was just, that wasn't just like, like, like it's really on my family members. It's, it's mainly only my family members, but I was able to outgrow it a long, like, like early enough where they stopped calling me. So it didn't, it didn't become a thing. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Hold on, bro. It's, it's not Chicken George from 
Yeah, I, yeah, I guess she could enjoy it. But I feel like that was just like some college shit that only only the uh, people that was like three years, like, like I got, it only lasted for a semester. Right, 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 right. Wasn't nothing too big. Like, I feel like I was only yeah. around them people for, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was only around them. What about them, you? It wasn't, it wasn't, you know what I'm Duty and Pookie. What about, what about you, though, Tweet? And Nick. <laughs> and Booby. Nigga. My mama used to call me Booby. I don't get it, don't understand it, don't know where it came from. You said Pooey? Booby, like breasts. But I don't think it was like, like breasts. Like, I don't think that was the connection, but just some awesome. <laughs> Niggas just be making noises at people, and so if it comes in <laughs> like booby, like that's just what came out, and I liked how it flowed, and so that's who you are now. And so, especially with me being the youngest, I will say it did help because you know I know y'all got siblings and shit like that. It might be different for Dominique because he got all sisters, but you right, know, but but yeah. it's a gap in there, ain't it? Oh yeah, big one. So you know what I'm saying? Like you didn't, and you older, so you didn't have to go through being called everybody else's name before yours. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Tiffany, yeah. uh, t- uh, uh, like come yeah, on, spit it out, nigga. Right. You just be sitting there watching somebody spin their like, wheels. Like I'm gonna just wait till you get to my name. And then my mama's sister name is Trisha. I used to get that every now and again. Just all types of weird shit. So, right. you know, at least so, I had... So, your nickname was other people's names? <laughs> Ultimately, I got called everybody else's name before mine. And I mean, like, a lot of names. Like, the, the lady was confused. She was spitting out a whole bunch of shit before she ever got the toy ring. That's wild. So, that's the that on that. Oh, oh, hey, Chris said, can we talk? Oh, we born you, Chris? Oh, my apologies, Chris. You would be amazed at how much I don't yeah. care about that. Yeah, right. But... What we will do. Your timing is ironically, yeah, yeah. We're actually yeah. wrapping that up. Just wanna kinda of break the ice with the homies, get y'all up in here. Right. Happy to see y'all. All right. Now We do like each other, Chris. I mean, goodness gracious. Anyway. Uh what we'll do is go ahead and slide into the first conversation of the night. I think uh Dama gonna kick that off, so let's talk uh, uh to the plug. Well You know, we're just gonna go ahead and get it started. This is the controversy, this is the shit that's out now, and it is where when they see us. What? When they see us. When they see us. When they see us. Um, I, I first want to get, I want to get the reaction from the chat as well as, I mean, I want y'all reaction, but like, have y'all watched when they, when they see us? What y'all thoughts on when they see us? You know, where, where y'all head at? I have watched, it's a four part series and it's kind of been a time thing. It's kind of been a, I resist anything that's popular and watching it when everybody else watching type thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and so I've been, I don't know. And before you all decided to talk about it or that y'all wanted to kind of talk about it and touch on it from different directions, I wasn't going to watch it because I'm just like trauma porn can't do it. Right. I don't really want to think about it no more. Right. Um, because trauma I learned so porn. much about it when we learned about Donald Trump and him on the path to the presidency. And so right. uh, all of that to say, I watched one of the four uh, different parts of it. So no, I got part two to watch. Huh? It's five parts, right? Yeah, I could be mistaken that. I thought I looked at the episodes and it was four, but it could be five. Either way it goes, I've only watched one of them. Me and said yeah. big fuck no. Oh shit. Yeah. Right? Michelle watched it though. Okay. Okay. George so we got- did. Yeah, yeah. did you watch yeah, it, George? Michelle, Michelle. Nah, I couldn't I couldn't I, uh I walked in on my nephews watching it and I was able to watch literally like maybe twenty minutes of one episode and I decided I was good on it. But, I, but 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 it did catch my attention enough for me when I decided I was doing on it. I literally went to the next room, like my den and living room connected. So I just went to the other room and started reading about the case on my phone. You know what I'm saying? So I was able to get the gist of everything that happened and maybe and then some. But I definitely know I, I ain't watching the shit. I ain't watching nothing. I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna watch the mother. Michelle said uh, she and her husband were both upset by watching it, and that's. 
a yeah. feeling that I can definitely sympathize with. Like watching it, I watched the first episode and let it just just let it roll. And at first, I was like, okay, don't touch the phone, like chill, just kind of take it all in, see what everybody's talking about, watch the story build because I knew pieces. But you know, Ava, yeah. a, 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 Ava D, you know what I'm saying? Kind of seeing how she dropped, you know, how, how she dropped the hammer on it. I wanted to be involved in that. As shit started getting shaky. I start picking up my phone like I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna listen, but I don't want to like look directly at this. Like I would do something to to distract me, and when the scene changes, I'll go ahead and come back. But I I did it subconsciously at first, and then by the time the end of the, the, the end of the episode came, I found myself like actively like let me grab this phone real quick. Like mm-hmm. I was doing it on purpose, and I know I was. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I haven't I haven't watched it either. Like I can't I I can't watch shit like that. You feel me? Like I don't I I. I don't watch slave movies. You feel me? I ain't never seen Django. You know what that's, I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, Django. Yeah, I ain't never seen Django, Django, bro. I it's we like she said, it's disaster porn, bro. Like I can't you ain't never seen a nigga on a horse. I, wow. I, I still <laughs> I guess I still ain't never seen a nigga on a horse. You feel me? Well, actually, I'd have been in Texas, so I'd have seen niggas on horses. But this nigga, uh, so I my niggas on horses, man. But I like from from my perspective, I just I I I don't even initially when I saw that the shit was coming out. You know, I was I was glad that that story was getting more. You know what I'm saying? Getting more play and uh, getting more recognition. Mm-hmm. But I knew I wasn't gonna watch it when 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 I heard it was coming out. Um, I mean, I I have to. Feel, I'm very muchly like I gotta feel like it, yeah. and I don't know what feel like it means, and I don't know what that looks like, and I can't really describe it. But I just I'll know if something's out, and I'm prepared to take that in. Prime example, we talked about Black Black Klansmen on here, where I went and was excited to go, and went and sat through it and watched white people say nigga, 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 and it was aggressive, and I was just like, I'm okay. Like, I, I was, it was visceral. It, you know, I was yeah. taking it back, back in some parts, like, it, it did its purpose in terms of, you know, Spike Lee directing the hell out of it and people acting, you know, very well, but I wasn't, like, shaking. Django, watched it, was like, cool. This, I just, I I couldn't like I wasn't in the mental space or the emotional space and it evoked for me the same feeling I feel when we have yet another instance of somebody you know being done and I'm just like I'd rather scroll right past that you know what I'm saying I really did have that response to it so that actually that's actually a perfect segue and and, uh, Joy said too I can't put myself through that and then go do my job breaking my heart on purpose I'm gonna teach it though yeah she's uh she teaches high school English at Central High School uh, Tamia yeah. is actually she was actually teacher of the year at Central this year, and if Central any high school, yeah, since, yeah, your your his alma mater. You know what I'm saying? Shout out, shout out. She, she teaches Central High School, and I'm in this. And so Central, you know what I'm saying? Has seen some traumatic events. I know, you know, without getting too, Boy. you know, specific yeah. about it, just because it is still that visceral. I mean, I could count you down events this year: students being killed, missing. Issues happening, yeah. all types yeah. of wild stuff, and so she like I can't watch these young black and brown kids be jammed up and tied up and be failed by the police and the system like that. And I I, I rock with that. Yeah, and uh and 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 a part of that is a part of, is you know the conversation that I feel like we should have, and that is the conversation surrounding these types of stories and this type of cinema in particular. You feel me? And historical trauma. You know what I'm saying? Now I know this is something that George talked about. That talks about a lot, you feel me, and it, it ain't really discussed enough mainstream. Because mm-hmm. like when you think about it, it's a it's it's it, it's a heavy it, it packs a heavy toe. You know what I'm saying? Because think about it like this: What's a phrase that we didn't heard like a million times before? You feel me? We're talking about shit like this. It was we sick and tired of being sick and tired. 
know what I'm saying? I'm being sick and tired of being sick and tired. It's like this constant rolling over of like the same type of issues and uh, and impact surrounding death and all the other shit that niggas got to deal with. You yeah. feel me? And as that shit get passed from generation to generation, you feel me? That trauma builds up and it, it makes us more susceptible for shit like PTSD. You feel me? Now... I got the uh, I got the receipts. Right. You feel me? These is these these is doctors. You know what I'm saying? Now, oh yeah, you, you know you know I gotta you know I gotta I gotta educate the people. Now, uh, an article uh, entitled "Historical Trauma and the Health and Well-Being of Communities of Color" is written by Dr. Michelle Andrask of Seattle, Washington. Uh, she break it down like this. Research exploring historical trauma looks at how the trauma of these events is embodied or held personally and passed down over generations such that even family members who have not directly experienced the trauma can feel the effects of the events generations later. Individual trauma then becomes collective as it uh, affects a significant portion of the community and becomes compounded. Multiple historically traumatic events occur over generations and join an overarching legacy of assaults. The impact of these ongoing traumas has effects on a person's brain and body, increasing their vulnerability to post-traumatic stress disorder and other mental health disorders. This higher stress vulnerability may impair a person's ability to cope effectively with current stressors as they rise. Now, given that understanding of the uh, of the impact that historical trauma ha- has on us like physically, you feel me? What impact do y'all think this uh, like this story in particular, you feel me, with, with how graphic it is and, and how it's described? You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, what impact do y'all think that has on, on nigga psyche? Uh I, I don't know that it has a unique one, um, but I think that when every time, and I say it doesn't have a unique one because we are bombarded on a regular basis at this point, inundated with so many different, uh, you know, representations of just niggas being do, done wrong, right? And not only that, but I think historical wrongs, well, not historical wrongs, but like wrongs that are being unleashed after years of niggas being subjugated to certain things right so we're hearing more and more and more about cases being overturned about people being liberated about people being vindicated and in a lot of ways it's like surprise you know what i'm saying chickens coming home to roost now that we have social activism uh you know abolitionists all types of different people working to do the heavy lifting and the heavy heavy labor of revealing the truths we have people in the arts industries and in the media now that are have the power have the social capital to be able to produce these types of projects we are surrounded by them on a regular basis you know what i'm saying like what's so wild about this new advent of um black artists that we have who now have the platforms to tell their stories and stuff like that is that a lot of them are being diverse and creative and coming up with new methods and metrics to tell these stories but a whole lot of them you know and and we call it revenge porn but it's them telling another part of our story that is just intrinsic to the black experience right Right. so it sucks that they get these platforms and these opportunities to tell these stories and by nature of our reality you gotta tell stories of niggas dying like that's that's part of the story that's part part of the timeline you know what I'm saying? And not only... Hey, in this country. Yeah, you know what I mean? So to tell the truth about the history, to not whitewash things that have happened, um, you know, we get sucked into these mediums and surrounded by these mediums, and then we have actual media and actual news coverage and stuff like that where we constantly see images of black death and people dying and suffering. What... And I would, this is what I was getting to, and I'll, and I'll stop here and pass it along, but just, like, the... When we rally around and we... Be, it's always a forced choice. 
Right. right, because we want to get behind and support black people in their projects and black actors. And we see a lot of people um, um, praising the cinematography of Ava DuVernay's work because of yeah. everything down to how similar the kids look to the actual people who experienced the it. The intensity. To the intensity of it, to the backstory, to how stuff was tied up. And so you want yeah. to celebrate those artists and celebrate these stories yeah, being told, work, but work, that shit traumatizing. Huh? Say she even had part of it being word for word, like the like pretty much the transcript. I, I figured out, yeah, but uh, I figured out why I couldn't watch it because I walked in on Corey's story, and that's the reason why I, uh, I, I figured out why I couldn't, why I ain't able to do it. Yeah, because my nephews told me when I walked in that was the last one. I know Corey's story is the last one. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I was only able to do 20 minutes of it because I must have seen today reading that Ava pretty much made it where. What Corey said in his confession, they they then they said word for word. I'm saying in the docu series, you feel me? Yeah. And it was just like you know what I'm saying. It's like man, you know. So I know when it come down to being like triggered, that's why I feel like it was for me. It was triggering. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I I think that's a that's a that's a perfect word to use because what the article is saying is that because of this, uh, because of the trauma that's passed, that's getting passed down. We actually become more susceptible to PTSD. Now think about it like this. Think about it like this. You got a whole generation of niggas who have the compounded weight of the bullshit that black people have had to endure. In the social media age, where we see a lot of these instances of like this, these uh, spectacular forms of violence mm-hmm. play out on our phones, right? So when when niggas getting when niggas getting killed in the streets, we see that real time. Like I remember, like. Yeah. I remember the like Michael Brown video like mm-hmm. being passed around. Like I couldn't, I had to, I had to chill on social media because of that. You feel me? Think yeah. about it like this though: you got soldiers who literally have to go through intense forms of therapy and all type of shit mm-hmm. to deal with PTSD, right? Yeah. And, but I mean, but I think every every one of the issues you're talking about, I think is is like like we're talking about historical trauma. You know what I'm saying? Really go back all the way to like slavery in terms of I'm picking up uh, Dr. Joy DeGray. I remember I had uh, read, you know what I'm saying, some of this or whatever when I was an undergrad about uh, post-traumatic slave syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in terms of a lot of the triggering trauma that black people experience, I think a lot of it has its you know origins on, on the plantation. So when it comes to seeing a lot of black death, you know, that the slave master used, used to use, you know what I'm saying, very public displays of violence towards slaves to be able to control the psyche of the other slaves. So I think to a certain instance, when we start to see the kind of constant recirculation of all these images on like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you know what I'm saying? I think that it triggers that same type of like, like I feel like resistance to your real emotions. I think that when I started trying to watch it, that's what was going on with me is that I started to be in resistance of my actual emotions because I felt like it was wrong to feel that way. You know what I'm saying? So I, I decided for myself, it's kind of subconsciously in that moment that I want to go, I want to go on, uh, shit, watch it. I want to subject myself to really feeling the way I was feeling because it really was, it really was bothering. Like it really bought Corey's story really bothered me. And I wasn't even only able to understand it if I only watched it for 20 minutes. But then when I read about it, it was like, okay, yeah. So check this out. So check this out. So now we all, like our response was, you know what I'm saying, similar. It was like kind of like that. Yeah. Not necessarily a rejection. Because I, I feel like we all believe that that story needs to be told. Definitely. But, but by told watching it, like so. watching it play out, you feel me, is what's difficult. Now, this is where shit get crazy, right? 
The same article I just posted it uh, in, in the chat for y'all to check out. But it raises the question about how deep this trauma go, and they and they argue that it go down to a, a cellular level. And we learning today. I'm telling y'all, receipts. You feel me? Look, it say uh, scientists have also been gathering evidence showing that historical trauma has an impact at the cellular level. This body of evidence shows the neurological toll of stress on the health of descendant generations. Powerful, stressful environmental conditions can leave an imprint or a mark on the epigenome. Now, the epigenome is described as cellular material. You feel me? And it's the genes that get that can be carried into future generations with devastating consequences. Right. So your epi, your epigenomes are the, are the, are the, uh, is the shit that you get from your parents. In studies of pregnant women, we see that psychological and nutritional stress in the mother during pregnancy can lead to biological changes that predispose their children to diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, and PTSD as adults. You feel me? So literally, what we have here is a world where not only are children being birthed in instances like, because like, think about it like this. Trayvon getting killed. A woman is pregnant at that time, right? The the uh, or, or Mike Brown is a better example because he was a little bit more public. You constantly seeing the images of, of Mike Brown, you know what I'm saying, on the ground. You you constantly hearing these conversations. More stories is popping up. Motherfuckers is posting shit on your Facebook. On your, you you see an article after article. It's a constant conversation, right? So you have the newer generation actually enduring more instances of that stress. Than any generation beforehand, you feel me? Yeah. Like they literally taking it in on a genetic level, and it's fuck, and it's literally fucking up niggas' psyche mentally. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like so. I mean, it, it works a lot when you talk about it like that. I think uh, I automatically think about secondhand smoke, right? You know what right. I'm saying? Like to think about secondhand smoke and about our constant inundation with the, these images and with this media and with you know these things already being imprinted on. I'm gonna use a debate word. It's already imprinted on our genome. So then being surrounded by these images exacerbates or makes worse right. what is already deeply ingrained in our DNA. SAT prep. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but we we see it makes it worse. It brings out and teases out the worst parts of those things. And yeah. so we have a situation that is automatically by nature diabolical because you have this combination of internal and external stressors, uh, kind of making up the conclusively where we end up. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. And, and I think uh-huh. that is the PTSD in terms of the post traumatic slave syndrome, where we especially when we talk about. The birth and being in the cells. But, but, but look, about how that trauma happens when people are pregnant. It's like oh. they get passed on. So before you come out the womb, you already experienced. You already experienced that stress, right? But look, we the thing about it is, first with you, we don't even need to put nothing cool on it because it's already a clinical term that, that it's 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 no different from a nigga at war. You feel me? Like so, even calling it slave syndrome, yeah, it has to do with it's, the history it takes of slavery. To particularize it, but yes, it's, it's it don't even need to be. Oh, yeah, it, it needs to be discussed in a particular fashion, but it don't need to be taken away from actual clinical PTSD because that is a real thing. That's you where me? that's where you get justification. That's where you get credibility about right. these types of issues. So then the next question is, what do we do with these stories, though? Right? 
Yeah, like, I was thinking the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like how how do we navigate? Because we can't be walking around here looking like Texas textbooks. You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> wiping and wiping this history of niggas right on out. Right, but but how do you like like how do we tell it in ways that aren't like psychologically damaging? I think I think that you know you know you know me I'm a I'm a I'm a very I'm a person that believes very much that power is the ability to define the phenomenon and make it act in a desired manner. And I think when it comes to trying to define all of the fine, uh, free trying to get a rap on all the phenomena surrounding these stories that really are very emotionally evoking about historical trauma, I think we got to just define the phenomenon and be able to also account for, you know, the psychological aspect of the conversation. So when we talk about, you know, when they see us, I think there's something we also can uh, like, like, like account for that Ava was able to do. I think that Ava, the director of the docuseries, was very conscious of what it would do, like, like very specifically to the actors. So uh, this is an article that I had posted on my uh, Facebook page about how some people are not emotionally ready to, you know what I'm saying, see when they see us, but this is coming from, like, like a quote coming from, like, actual somebody that was on set, said that uh, Ava did something I've never seen on any project I've done. She made a brief counselor available to everyone on set. Actor Blair Underwood, who played the role of defense attorney Robert Burns, revealed to Hello Beautiful. They were up and running by the time I came to set, and I get emails from production that would say that this is a very tough material. It's emotional, and it dreads up much of us. It dreads up so much in all of us, especially the young boys recreating these emotions. To be able to say, here's a person to contact you with any grief counseling is, is amazing. And I also know that the person that played Corey, when he got, uh, when he got uh, interviewed, he said that he still was trying to heal from doing the uh, actual piece because there also was the real Corey on set. And he was able to have a, like, create a relationship with him. So when he was trying to recreate those emotions or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it was crazy. Because from, from what I also read is that uh, Corey had a real tough time in prison. You know what I'm saying? And she, the, when, when they see us document, the docuseries also kind of illustrated his experiences when he was locked up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And for the people that don't know, you feel me, how she, you know what I'm saying, if you haven't seen it yet, you don't want to see it, like uh, how the dude was able to come, finally come and confess, is that the guy that actually raped the woman that was, you know what I'm saying, in uh, 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 in Central Park actually was locked up and came across Corey. You know what I'm saying? He feels like they, they, they fought, they got into it. You know what I'm wow. saying? But, the, but, but, the, but Corey didn't know, you know what I'm saying, like that was the person that did it, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? I don't think, you know what I'm saying, or whatever, from, from my understanding or whatever. But long story short, that's when he then went and confessed and how they was able to know that he actually was the killer is that he was able to tell them information that was not public record that only the killer would know. And the mm-hmm. fucked up part about it is when they made these boys confess and made them, like when they was confessing, telling their story, none of them was able to, like, locate the exact spot that she was found. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got on, they got them literally, merely on. A forced confession that was later recounted, but still, though it, you know what I'm saying, disagreed with all the evidence, was able to lock up, you know, like lock them so up. Look, you know what I'm so I'm gonna let Dama finish this and then get in. So I feel like a little bit specific, actually, about this. Well, one thing I, I want to answer Dominique's question real quick too, because yeah. I want to look at Jaleesa's comments as like ones that I t- necessarily agree with. Right? It's like, well, what do we do? How do we tell our stories? And I feel like we gotta kind of do what we're doing now. 
right? And what yeah, we doing now like, is what we're what we're define the phenomena, but also recognize the climate of storytelling, black storytelling, and what's happening because these stories are getting vast, they're getting different, they're getting creative, and we just got to have space for them all. Reason being, Jalisa says. Uh, you know, I don't think you can uh, and can speaking of, you know, not tell these stories or get or shy away from the brutal realities of shit, uh, because in order to show what happens, you have to show the trauma. You have to right. be historical. Right. Like right. this is yeah. a necessary component of how you give the full um, potential, the full history, the mm. full trajectory, mm-hmm. the full kind of understanding about why we are so into, you know, yeah. things like well, pick a pick a pick a, a series, pick a pick a theme, pick a pick a lane. Right? Why is it so important that we have movies like Ma, where a black woman finally gets to be the crazy person to be the killer in the film? It's because oftentimes the black the trope is that black people often don't survive those types of movies. Right? Why not? It's because we live in an anti-black world that is designed for them to just really not ever make it. All of those things are pieced together through how we tell stories a bunch of different ways. So we gotta have it all. We gotta have the stuff that's jarring. We gotta have the stuff that pretends that shit never happened. So I mean, I, I'm gonna say this, and then you know we're gonna get to the last part of of this conversation. Um, the the I think we can't underestimate the mental health aspect of it, and as much as we talk about mental health, especially when we was coddling this nigga Kanye, uh, yeah, I'm still I, fuck y'all for that shit still. <laughs> but uh, when we talk about mental health, like this is a serious aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about like black relationships. You feel me? The way black people interact with one another. You know what I mean, I mean, even when we talk about like cancel culture that you, that you speak of, yeah, all of that is steeped in the like black people enduring the the, the trauma, enduring their PTSD. That's where a lot of this shit stems from. You feel me? So it's, I mean, so it's, it's that's that's definitely one thing to think about as we hop all around our Facebook feeds looking for somebody to cuss out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or creating a, a a hierarchy of like what niggas should be or how niggas should act. Um, we gotta like this PTSD is serious and it gotta be a part of the mental health conversation. The last thing I want to touch on on this shit though is the constant like the uh, how niggas is cheating. What's her name? Linda Linda Farstein. Linda Farstein. Linda Farstein. So check this out. I want let me know what y'all let me know what y'all think about this shit. So so what Linda did was fucked up, and it was and you know it was like you know what I'm saying twenty something years ago, whatever, sure. right? And we need to be getting her in her ass about this shit. But am I wrong? And I know y'all gonna say I'm not, but I'm gonna pose the question anyway because I'm just that type of nigga. Am I wrong for feeling like I now niggas keep that same energy for these current prosecutors? Is doing this same shit right now. No. Um, I think the question, like, the question of the hour is how, right? She is one person who we can look at in this legendary, historical, landmark case of wrongdoing. We can pick on her and pick her past prosecutions apart and stuff like that. But when you talk about present prosecute, like, how do we, We, like, niggas, we know, like, that's, like, we can't say how, because we got the Freedom of Information Act, we have accessibility to court cases, and and their results, and the, and the the evidence that was used in it, I I guess what I'm saying is, what does it look like to have such a systemic shift for prosecutors, we're not talking about a systemic shift for prosecutors, I'm saying, the way that niggas is going after Linda, right, Mm -hmm. They we there are there are prosecutors who if we look at their record if we pay a closer attention to because remember like this shit ain't new like and this story ain't new and like these niggas story ain't new 
right? We've been talking about this shit, but it's because of this documentary that we now going after her ass. You feel me? So what I'm saying is, it like shouldn't niggas be more proactive in terms of finding out where these atrocities are happening instead of waiting until after somebody make a documentary about it ten years later? You know what I'm saying? To to then say, oh shit, how do we let this happen? Yeah, we could do a better effort in trying to see what's going on now. But I think that when it comes to the uniqueness surrounding stories, like when they see us, we got to just be real that there are people that really never, like, I didn't, I didn't know about Tizzle Park 5. I and get I know that, bro. People on my but what I'm saying is that story so, ain't, so, so it, what like, I'm saying is that story ain't unique. That's the problem. This isn't a spec, this isn't a spectacular instance of policing. Yeah. This is a paradigm. But I think I think the Agreed. bottom, and this is what I'm saying in terms of what does it mean or what does it look like to have a structural approach to dealing with this? Because there are, I guarantee you, nonprofits out there right now. And yeah, yeah. can I finish before you bow your head? I'm listening. There are nonprofits <laughs> that exist right now that work to take rogue prosecutors to task that work, but there is not yeah. a social push to care about people who are pro- who are criminalized, who are black and brown and jammed up in the system, who are black, brown, and queer and jammed up in the system, right? There is not social support for programs that already do exist. So when I say systemic shift, I'm not saying invisible hand that God come down and reorganize how systems and structures work and get the right people in there. I'm saying, I guarantee you, if we had the right type of spe- legal specialists watching this show, they would list a laundry list of organizations that support these types of movements and a whole bunch of niggas who don't I guess or, or don't do enough to support their endeavors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a lot of that shit costs it's money, a, and it's so a permutation between the double. It's a, it's a permutation between the both of y'all. Because basically, I think to have that systemic shift that Toya's kind of talk about, it, to, talking about, is for it to be a growing hashtag like cancel Linda Fairstein, like people calling in to Barnes and Nobles and calling in to Amazon to say yank her books off, like people calling in to say half every case she's ever set on being. Like, like people to me in my mind. That doing the work that like, you're talking about to talking look about, up those organizations that, that I'm talking energy about. To do it. Because, and I, because another thing to another example is Corey the person that, you know what I'm saying, every like that the, the, the person that story is moving everybody, he has, since he's been out, been putting a lot of money and time and effort into trying to get people that's been wrongly convicted, which involves come going after prosecutors. You check, know this out. check this and out. Check this like, out. Check this out. Hey, check this out. How long has this shit been out? How long has uh, this documentary been out? And then we can move on. Let me just say this. Since Friday. Since Friday. May 31st. Oh, wow. Okay. Less than, like, people been talking about I said two weeks. People been talking about this all like, so long. It's been out for two weeks and niggas just already. It's been out six. No, 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 no. It's been out six days. It's been out six days and niggas didn't already got all over Linda, whoever her name is here. Okay. So but she she canceled her she canceled all her social right exactly exactly all it takes she canceled what like like she 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 she's done a multiple thing she's done she so she's resigned from some boards she's resigned from you know what I'm saying uh uh some some uh like positions she's had in universities she's ended all her social media listen I know these things and this is what I'm saying is exact is is my point look. The push, right? If we can look at her and say, all right, we've got to do this whole social media campaign against her, just unsaid, we just all getting her ass, right? But what about the, but what about the prosecutors in the case where the, uh, 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 in any of the plethora of cases that we hear about on the news where we like, how the fuck did that happen, right? How do we got judges that still telling white boys, 
Like, oh, you know, it was just an accident. You know, it'll be okay. And then we look at the rest of his record and see he locking nothing but niggas up, right? We we need to, the same energy that we have that we got for Linda for some shit she yeah, did twenty years ago. Keep <laughs> that energy. And, and I'm saying it like. You said <laughs> she lost woman of the year. I say, say yes, she, she lost one of she she got woman of the year. They they they, they, they took it from her. And that's all I'm saying. And so my last point is just keep that energy, okay? Let's keep that energy. Let let this be the catalyst for the push to where we're not waiting for atrocities to be documented on Netflix from 20 years ago. We looking at the shit that's happening now and saying that's not okay. You feel me? Hold on, my and we got to get Keith in here real quick. My nigga said, I think the focus on Linda and prosecution reduces the scope of what the film is addressing. Solitary confinement, prison transfer, legal aid and defense, the death penalty, evidence thresholds in courts, parole procedures, resources for convicts, post-jail, etc. Straight up. Like, all, and all of these involve individual people who are in charge of some shit, who we can find out they social media and get in their ass too. Keep that energy. Fair. Yeah.